All right. Our guest this week on NYC is uh, Luisa Gauci. Luisa, uh, thanks for taking some time to uh, be with me today. And um, what, what have you been up to, uh, you know, with everything that's been happening around uh, the country? And, you know, now we're about to get in into lockdown. Uh, how, how you been and how you, have you been dealing with um, with life in general in 2020? Yeah, so uh, a bit of a roller. Th- firstly, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been kind of like a roller coaster year, obviously with COVID. Um, yeah, like yeah, January starting the season at West LA College, uh, back in Los Angeles, California. Um, you know, kind of planned to have a season, and then COVID hit. I had to go back to Australia for lockdown. Uh, I was back home for four months. Didn't think I'd be able to get back to the US since the borders were closed. Um, ended up petitioning for that, ended up coming back to the US. I was able to train back in LA for a couple of months. And then I ended up getting an internship at Driveline Baseball, which led me to Seattle. And that's why I'm here. So yeah, I'm the hitting analyst at Driveline, training full time, just waiting for the season and school to start up again. So yeah, it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> All right, so let's give a little backdrop to your story. Uh, you're Australian-born uh, pl- baseball player now because that's that's what you are, and you're now yeah. um, attending uh, West LA College where you are playing um, baseball. So first and foremost, how's that experience been for you? For you to be the only female uh, baseball player on your team, and um, you know, just everything that you've been dealing with and, and let alone moving over here, by the way, everyone, she's 19 years old. So while the rest of us have been sipping wine and, and trying to figure out how we get on with our lives, she's moved to the uh, United States, has an internship with driveline baseball, is coaching and teaching and doing all these great things. So um, your story is remarkable, but let's start with you as a baseball player at West LA and how that, um, how that change has been uh, affecting your life. So um, I've been the only girl on like a lot of my baseball teams. So the change like going into the school situation didn't really phase me as much as like people would think. Um, it was kind of like natural for me to just like walk in and everyone's like, oh, it's a girl. And it's like, yeah, I'm a girl. And everyone's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then everyone's like moves on with their lives. You know, once they like understand that it's like, I'm here for the same reason as everybody else. and I'm just here to get better. Um, I'm here to compete, then, you know, everyone's just like, oh, okay, cool. And you move on. So like, uh, no, I didn't get any bullies or anything. Like no one told me I couldn't play. Um, it was just like, nice, she's here. And like pe- the boys would tell me, they're like, we really appreciate you being here. And I'm like, thank you so much. This is fantastic. Um, so like, yeah, it was really amazing. My coach was great. Uh, yeah, I, like I just, I just love the atmosphere. I just love being able to play baseball every single day. Something that like in Australia, we don't actually like get access to a lot. Um, So yeah, just like definitely the culture change where it was just like baseball's 24 seven, like this is your life. So I really, I just love that, which is like great. It, it, yeah, it seems okay. like uh, the biggest adjustments, you know, we, we talk about the adjustment for yourself uh, coming here and playing, all, you know, playing baseball, playing, um, you know, on a, all, all boys teams. That's, you know, where we're at right now. But really the adjustment is everyone else, right? I mean, adjusting yeah. to a female player and I'm pretty sure um, some people, I, I, 
uncomfortable is the wrong word, but I guess making adjustments, like, is this okay? Is this all right? You know, it's kind of something that we yeah. see with, you know, MMA, right? You know, when we first started seeing women fighting in MMA and just like, is this wrong for me to be watching this and, and adjusting to it? And, you know, now you just realize, you know, it's just, it's just what you do. It's not a, a gender thing. You're a baseball player first and foremost. Yeah. So for a lot of the boys, it was actually their first time ever playing with a girl. So a lot of them were just like, can I, can I throw the ball to you? Can yeah. I throw the ball hard? Can <laughs> I throw the soft. ball hard to you? Yeah. It's like, can you catch? And it's just like, oh, God. yes. <laughs> you know, like past, after the first week, it was kind of just like, oh, okay. Like it's, this is fine. Um, and obviously just like having different play, uh, catch partners every other day kind of thing. It's just like, you get those comments where it's like, whoa, this is the hardest I've ever thrown a baseball to a girl before. Mm. And it's like, yes. Thank you. Because again, it's just like, I am on this baseball team. It's like, you need to be able to trust me. I am literally one of you guys, you know? So it's just like, if you don't like instill that, like I am equal, we are all the same. We're all here to play. We're all here to win. Then like, they're always going to treat you different. So like definitely just like that first week was just like, hi, I'm Louisa. Here to play baseball. I play baseball. Haven't played softball. I don't play softball. I don't want to play softball. That's it. And it's just like, okay, cool. And then everyone just like accepts that. And then it's just like, obviously just teaching them where it's just like, yes, throw the ball to me. I can catch it. I can hit it hard. I can like throw it like to you. Um, You know, it's just like, just like allowing them to adjust to this. And then obviously like just answering questions that they have where it's just like, can we say this to you? Can we say at a boy? Like, is that offensive? And it's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, you know, I also understand that I'm like, I'm playing, like, I don't want to say I'm playing a men's game, but I'm like, I'm entering an industry that's male dominated. So it's like, I can't like walk in and be like, you can't say this to me. You can't say this to me. You can't Mm. say this. You can't do this. You can't do this because it's like, this isn't my world. You know, like I'm entering their world. And so it's like, I honestly should be adjusting to them at the end of the day. So it's like until like we can get more opportunities for girls and just getting like more girls teams out there, you know, like there's not, not much you can do. So yeah, it's just about like creating those pathways and you have to start somewhere because again, like I'm the first girl at my school to ever play. I'm the, I was like only girl on the West coast playing college baseball right now. So it's just like, what, what else? Like, there's nowhere else to be, you know, there's nowhere else to like look to or look for advice for. It's just like, this is it. And this is what I have to do. So. How does uh, Louisa from Brisbane, Australia end up in West LA? How how did that process happen? Uh, How did you end up there? And what has been the support from your coach uh, throughout this entire process? Uh, It's it's just like a, I'm not going to say it's coincidental, but it's just like, things just happened. So I was always wanting to go to college baseball. I had a trip. I played summer ball in North Carolina um, and Virginia. And that was just like a turning point for me where it was just like, I played summer ball with a group of guys. And I was like, I love this. I want to play college baseball. That was when I was 16. And then I, from there, I just made every decision and like everything I ever wanted. I was like, I'm going to play college baseball. Mm. And so like, um, every decision I made, I did recruiting videos. I contacted coaches. I did everything. And then I got two offers, maybe one for like 
some school in uh, North Dakota and then another school in New York. And they were just terrible Jukos, like terrible, like yeah. bottom of the line. But I was like, fine, you know, yes, I'm a girl. I will get any, like accept anything, you know. Um, and then those two both fell through through my stinging year. So I had wow. nowhere to go. I, th- I then started doing Olympic weightlifting because I was like, oh, you know, I, if I'm going to play college baseball, I've got to be strong. So I started doing Olympic weightlifting just because the gym was like 10 minutes from my house, like walking wise and like driving was two minutes. So it was super, super close. Um, I ended up getting really good Olympic weightlifting. I competed a lot. I ended up placing third in my state. And then I actually got recruited to play, to play, to do college weightlifting at Menlo college in uh, like near San Francisco. So uh, I then told the coach, I was like, I'm not coming unless they let me play baseball. And they're like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. You can do weightlifting and baseball. And I yeah. was like, okay, nice. And then um, at the time, I was also coaching the men's national team back in Australia. Um, and then they had a series against a touring team from the USA. Um, at that time, the USA coach was actually my college coach. And then one of the boys ended up getting injured uh, for the Australian side. And the, I was the assistant coach. The head coach ended up talking to me and was like, look, we don't want to put anyone out there. Like, he's injured. The pitchers are the only ones left. You know, did you bring your baseball stuff? And I was like, of course I did. So I <laughs> went to my car, grabbed my baseball stuff, and I ended up playing outfield. I played outfield for a couple of innings, got two wet bats. And then at the end of the game, the coach came up to me and was like, oh, do you play baseball? And I'm like, yes. And then I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to Menlo. I'm going to do weightlifting. They said I'm going to play club baseball. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing the college thing. And then he's like, oh, you know, well, actually I run like a summer baseball program in LA uh, at West, like at West LA. Did you want to come, you know, and like for the whole summer and then you can go to Menlo straight from there. And I was like, perfect you know I get to play summer baseball again and then I get to go straight into playing college baseball and then I went there for the summer ended up moving to LA uh my second week there they Menlo called me and was like oh we're gonna put you on the club baseball team Mm. not 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 the actual team the club team and then I was like no I did not work this hard to play club baseball I was like I refuse so then I called like the my summer ball coach which was the head coach of West LA and then I said they Menlo's telling me to play club baseball ah uh, what's like what am I doing right now and then uh he's like I was like I don't want to I don't want to go do you know any other schools around here that's going to take a girl and he's like have you ever considered staying here with us I'll offer you a spot and I was like wow nice i was like yes so uh yeah i was there i was with the team for two months and then yeah i I trained with them the whole summer and then straight into college baseball like with west la so that's kind of how i ended up having that relationship with my coach i just cut it off with menlo i was like sorry i'm going to juco instead like because that's all i ever wanted you know i just wanted to play college baseball i didn't want to do weightlifting you know that was just because I was trying to get better for baseball. Yeah. Strength training. As soon as the, yeah. And as soon as like the opportunity where I was like, Oh my God, I play college baseball right now. That's all I'm doing. I can train full time. That's it. Like I just not see you like I'm playing college baseball. So that's amazing. I mean, to have an opportunity 
to, uh, I mean, kudos to the coach. I mean, for him to um, see talent, evaluate it, and then welcome you. And then you had to prove on the field because if not, let's be clear, he's not going to offer you an opportunity to take a spot on a team. He saw that talent there and went with it. So that's a, it's just absolutely remarkable. Um, Before I want to kind of get to the beginning where all this kind of started, but as a student athlete with everything that happened this past year, how disappointing uh, was it to lose a year of playtime? Right. You know, a, a, an opportunity yeah. to be out on the field with your teammates to uh, to perform, to play. Um, what was that like? And, and at what point in the season of your training, getting ready for the long season in the spring? What, tell us a little bit about that whole journey and how difficult it was to not be on the field, especially someone as passionate as you are when it comes to the sport of baseball. So, yeah, it was really hard to kind of just, like, understand that it's like, oh, I'm going to have an off-season really, really early and for a very long time. Yeah. So, kind of, like, when I went back to Australia, I just kind of, like, had I literally took a month to just think. So, I took a month off throwing. I just did hitting. And then I was like, okay, realistically, what am I actually going to do? How am I, how am I going to become a starter for whenever the season is going to, like, come up again? because it's like, I, I don't know what to do. And it was like, our coaches didn't know what was happening. You know, obviously the season's canceled. We didn't, we weren't going to have a summer. Um, at the time we didn't even know if we we're going to have fall. Obviously we don't have a fall right yeah. now. Um, so it was just like, it was just tough to just figure out what was happening. But luckily like I heard of driveline. And so that was for me, it was like, fine. Like I'm going to contact them and I'm going to ask them like how I'm going to play. Like, how, how am I going to train? So I ended up, like, contacting them, and then I started online training. So I've been doing online training with them from, like, I think it was June when I got back to Australia until around the time, like, I got into the facility and I got this job. So I had a coach seven days a week running me through everything I needed. And that was honestly, I just I jumped. Like, my progress just completely changed. My swing completely changed. My career completely changed. Like, now I can actually compete, which was, like, insane. And it's, like, I used to hate having all this time off, but I needed this time to get better. You know, I needed this time to just catch up to everybody else because, like, you know, the first season for me before I got cancelled with West was just, like, a big eye-opener where it was, like, yes, I'm on the team, but am I actually going to play, <laughs> yeah. you know? Cause it's just like, these guys are good, really good. Like California junior college, like they're good. Yeah. And legit. So, yeah. And it's just like, I, I need a breakthrough somehow. So I actually like this time right now is great for me because I am training every single day and I have, a, I have coaches available to me like 24 seven. So it's fantastic. And like, obviously in college we have 40 guys on the roster. So like, having two three coaches for 40 guys like isn't you know as much training like and individuality like programming as I need so yeah definitely like having my own coach right now and just training every day and just having a plan has really like helped me out um but yeah like we don't even know if we're gonna have a spring season right now so it's just like again preparing for like I'm gonna have another year to keep training so it's like I really have to keep setting goals to myself. I was like, this is where I should be at this time. And like having a plan of just, this is when I'm going to have a break 
because this is something that's like never happened before. And I haven't played a game since March. So like, it's, it's crazy. Like definitely like uh, the camaraderie with my teammates is something I miss a lot, but something that's really great about driveline is that everyone here is the same. Like we're one big team. So I, I'm not missing that as much, but obviously I am missing like my teammates back at West. So yeah. How did you end up at driveline? You mentioned that you reached out to them. You started working online, uh, in training, uh, virtual. Um, so, but now you are at the driveline facility here in Kent, Washington. Um, how did you get there and how's been your, obviously you're talking about driveline and the experience that you're having, right? But just talk a little bit more about how did you end up here and the experience so far with uh, driveline baseball? Okay, so I started talking to Driveline back in March when I was in like at home, kind of just like chilling, quarantine, like not much going on. Um, and I had an idea to change like their swing uh, profile sheet because it didn't include women. And so I, I like had access to the like things to be able to change that. And it was just like, I had so many questions about girls baseball that they couldn't answer. And I'm like, you guys are like the industry leading yep. in baseball. And it's like, you can't provide me with any information on like girls. And I'm like, what is going on? And so then I was like, that's fine. I can do it. So then I kind of just like working with them, like on the side, like just like random stuff. And there was just one guy I would just email or text and just like kind of fire ideas backwards and forwards. Um, I presented at a couple of like Sabre conferences, which is like the science and research um like baseball i guess like sector so like i i had already like built like a base of just like knowledge and research like for baseball stuff and so like i'm very passionate about women's baseball so like that's a lot of the stuff i would speak about so when i was like back in australia like i created like a 2080 women's baseball scale that i presented at um for the saber conference a couple weeks ago and then like that again, like that was like from the help with one of the guys was working with a driveline. So when he's also like the host of a podcast, that's my favorite podcast, like, cause it's called driveline uh, research and drinks. And so pretty much they just like have a drink and then they just talk about research, like basal research for like an hour. Just, just and having so fun. Was, yeah. And so when I was like back in Australia and I was like working like my side jobs, uh, you know, just like listening to them, while I'm doing something completely boring and not related to baseball, just kept me like motivated. And now I was like, this is the best. I love this. And so like, I would always just tell him, I was like, I love this. I love this podcast. Like you're like my research mentor. This is fantastic. Then they kept like mentioning, like they're going to have internships coming up. And I was like, perfect. Okay. Like whatever. I'm in Australia. So like, yeah, I went then when I moved back to America training at my old facility, still listening to the podcast. And then they said, yeah, you know, we're going to, be releasing internship opportunities like this week then I was like yes and because I'm I know I'm like one of the only like females that like listen to this podcast I was like wow if I if I put my resume in like I'm a girl like (laughs) you know I don't know how many they're gonna get but obviously mine's gonna like stand out a little bit yeah and the thing is at the time I also had like my online trainer who's um now my boss so like I was texting him too and I was just like Hey, you should recommend me, you know, like I, I know my stuff. Like I'm, I'm pretty, pretty into it. I like really like baseball, <laughs> obviously. And then like, yeah, I ended up 
applying for the heading internship and then I got an interview. The interview was actually with like my research mentor. And the thing is like we zoom, like we've zoomed a couple of times. So like the, the interview was like, not, not much, like not as formal as you think. It was just like a conversation and just like, I'll oh, send me your research stuff. Send me some of the stuff you're working on right now and stuff that you want to work on while you're at driveline. So I was like, okay, here it all is. Like, here's a Google doc outlining everything I want to do. And then, yeah, all got approved. And then I got, ended up getting the job. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually like great because the thing is like, I prepared for that moment where it was like, I have been doing this research for the past like two years. And then when I came to driveline, it was like, I want to start like this girl's program so we can get some sort of girl's data for baseball. Cause that's something that doesn't exist that needs to exist. <laughs> so like, yeah, it was just like, as soon as I walked through the store, I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. And like, that's just like kind of what they really appreciate. They'd like someone that when they, when driveline hires people, they want someone that has a record of like research and getting it done. So they want someone that's going to start something and then finish it. So luckily I had a good track record of that. And yeah, definitely speaking at other conferences helps me and already having uh, previous research. Can you explain a little bit about that scouting scale, the 2080? Um, I know there's a lot involved with that scale, but if you could just kind of simplify it, what is the 2080 scouting scale um, that you're working with? Okay, yeah. So 2080 scouting scale is pretty much just like what scouts use for Major League Baseball uh, or any sort of like prospects at college level, high school level. Um, And yeah, so pretty much like 80 is like, the best you can be like top prospect 20 is like you would never be looked at uh 60 like 50 slash 60 is like your prospect like if you if you rank like 50 to 60 in like more than one uh kind of like event i guess uh like you're pretty you're pretty good so the thing is uh with the men's it's all the original ones obviously based on men's uh fastball velar it's like it's in the 90s uh like to be a prospect it's like 88 to 90 mm-hmm. so like you know it's just like i just i saw it and i'm just like I, like girls can't do this like this is ridiculous and just like even the 60 yard time it was like sub like sub seven kind of stuff and it's like okay okay like some some girls will not be doing that you know like this is this is insane like obviously again based on men so like like, like exit velo and just like like that's how hard like you hit the ball off like the bat um it just yeah it was just like un- unattainable and just super depressing because it's like you look at this 20 to 80 scouting scale and people are like how did you get into college if you don't rank on this and it's like i am actually good i'm actually good um and it's just like i could never prove to people why people would kept giving me opportunities and it's like not just my personality, you know, it's, it's actually cause I have some sort of skill. You've got and some skills. Like, yeah. So again, it was just like, again, proving to people why we should be recruiting girls for boys programs. or just like, why would we be like putting girls in boys programs? You know, it's just like, we needed some sort of thing to just show people, okay, this is the girls we should be looking at and not basing everybody on a men's scale. Because, like, again, it's just unattainable. And that's why girls don't have opportunities. Because, like, no one knows what they're looking for. Mm. So, 
yeah, it was just having like something you can give to a coach, something that you can give to a scout when they're going to look for programs and just be like, this is good for a girl. This is a girl you should develop, you know? So that's just like my idea behind doing it. <laughs> it, it it's great because you, you really uh, are the example of the youth of today with the data analytics, right? And, and we've seen that. I'm not sure if you saw the World Series, you know, there with the Tampa Bay when uh, the analytics told him to take out Blake Snell, you know, the third time around and they made these decisions and there was a lot of back and forth. Has analytics kind of been too much? Is it too much in the game? So there's a lot of different opinions, but the, the reality is that this is the direction that the game is going in all games, right? You know, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, any sport that you're playing, they're relying on the data, the analytics. Um, what, what are your thoughts when it comes down to analytics, are we having too much? Is, should we have a balance or do you think that we're just going to even get more information and get, um, you know, just, just put ourselves in a better position to perform at higher levels because of these analytics? Uh, this is, this is t- obviously, this is like my job here. So it's just like, yep. I'm like a hitting analyst. So I mm-hmm. work with this data every single day. And I'm the one that collects all this data. And yep. I see where this goes and I see how beneficial it is. So obviously I'm very biased towards it and I think it's great. I, do I think you can have too much? No, but I think you can ha- make too many decisions based on it. Um, you know, there's like this stuff like you should need and stuff like you don't need. But the thing is like outcomes are outcomes. Like you can have as much as you want and you can make as many like research and like blog posts about all this data you want. But like, actually using it in a game is something completely different and that's a skill in itself and having like Mm. coaches that are educated enough to make like assumptions and changes based on data because the thing is like data can be wrong you know it can be wrong so having someone smart enough to look at all this data and like question it and understand it and could see that there's something wrong with it that's a skill you know and it's just like something that older coaches like have to now understand is how to set up the tech, how to use the tech and just have question and decipher the tech, you know, that's just, that's just it, you know, but it's very beneficial. Yeah. I mean, we, we see it, you know, we like talked about it before, you know, we see it now in sports and uh, it's really interesting what you're talking about is um, not just having the the analytics and the data, but um, when to apply it. Right. And, and when not to yeah. apply it or adjust it on that scale. And I think as um, as we go forward, uh, we'll see some of those adjustments. And, and um, it, it's really interesting, like anything, right, making the decision to lay down a bunt or, or do anything else. You know, you're, you're part of that decision making. And when it comes to the analytics, uh, which uh, a lot of teams are now uh, emphasizing and it's going to um, really showcase where technology is going to be able to take us now. For some of us, it'll be interesting to see if there are going to be any changes in baseball, right? So we see the shift, right? We see the shift in baseball because of the analytics where we know where the player is going to hit it. And it feels like a little bit like baseball has become kind of that strikeout, home run, not as many hits as we used to see. Is there anything that you would like to see that's happening with baseball right now that if you could change anything or adjust, is there something that stands out for you to say, okay, we, 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 we need to make some adjustments here as a baseball mm, fan. As a baseball fan, 
because I, you know the, the reality yeah. is you know uh, some of us don't want to see strikeouts or home runs, right? I mean, you know, we you know, we saw the World Series. I mean, Tampa Bay got there, and that's pretty much what we saw. And um, there is a concern among baseball fans that the game itself is not as fun to watch because some of these elements have been taken out, right? We don't see yeah. people laying down bunts because it says, you know, whether the analytics say it or whether they teach it anymore. There's certain things that are happening. The shift, personally, I like to see, you know, the shift modified where you don't have uh, more than two players on uh, the, the other side of the second base, you know, like you can line up by second base, but you can't have three infielders on the other side of second base. You know, like there's certain things that I'm just saying we're, we're taking a little bit too much away and it, maybe it's just old man thinking, right? Maybe that's just the way it is, but there is a, com- there are conversations that, there's something being taken away from the game and in this generation of uh, just regular baseball fans or just sports fans, not diehard baseball fans, not, not fans that are going to tune in all the time, but the ones that, are, that, that tune in here and there to see a game and saying, okay, I, I watched four innings. I saw, you know, eight strikeouts, two home runs and, you know, seven pitchers. There's something to that saying the game is, I think we need to to modify it a little bit, but like I said, that's that's just my opinion. I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I, I would begin by saying you should watch women's baseball. It's more fun. Yes, uh, well, yeah, I do. Women's, wom- yeah, so yeah, women's baseball definitely like you have a lot more uh, hits and less strikeouts. It's more, <laughs> it's interesting. It's fun, uh, and especially because like a lot of the tech hasn't been integrated into women's baseball just yet. So like, yeah, I mean, like I would say the shift doesn't exist, but I mean. And it's just like based on the outcome from previous where it's just like natural instinct kind of thing. Um, with men's baseball, I like with pro ball, especially, I think that like, it just needs to be more fun, like entertainment level wise, you know, like get more ejections. Let's, let's get some more umpires. Well, we, we got to get rid of replay. Then. We, we, we got to get re- yeah. rid of replay because you're never going to have a Billy Martin yeah. or, or Lou Pinella or any of these guys coming out arguing unless the, the umpire, if you're going to keep replay, then you have to allow the umpires to have an argument over balls and strikes because now coaches don't come out. They, they have replay, so they can't argue whether a person is safe or out and they won't allow you to argue balls and strikes. So maybe we need to allow them to argue balls and strikes so we could get some people thrown out and some dirt kicked on home plate and, you know, whatever the case may be. But that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're, we're losing some of that fun factor because yeah. of all these changes. And, and we need to kind of maybe pull back to the middle, at least with some stuff, keep advancing with the technology and the analytics. But some of the other things that we're losing, the fun factors, right? You know, that's, that's some of the things that, uh, that we need to kind of scale, you know, get, get back into the game. And by the way, I am all for the, the home run bat flip. I'm all for the pitcher pumping his fist and, and letting out a big scream after the strikeout because we want to have some fun and some emotion in the game. Yeah, exactly. It's just like the stuff that like isn't going away, obviously, like analytics and the data side of stuff. But just like, yeah, I mean, they got to have other ways to have fun. You know, there has to be some sort of like creative thing going on. Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, ultimately, like, whose decision is that going to be? It's just, like, it's not going to be the – I mean, it's either, like, the fans are going to have, like, an uprising. Um, or they're but, not yeah, going to tune guess, in. 
And, and that's what's yeah. going to happen and when it, the dollar value hits. Money. Yeah. When yeah. they start losing money, then they're going to have to say, but the problem is that we're talking about this now. So it needs to be addressed now, not, you know, uh, you know, when uh, the genie's out the bottle, which it already is because we're having these conversations, right? We're having one right now about this, you know, and, yeah, exactly. and it's a sport that uh, we both love, right? I, I grew up playing baseball, you know, I, I, I watch baseball and I love the game, right? And we talk about it all the time. And I want to see some modifications to try to keep the fun factor in. Um, and this conversation that we talked about with replay with other friends saying, you know, if we didn't have video replay, we would have some more arguments and we would have some different things. You know, like I said, uh, I would love to see the shift modified. You know, I don't want to see three infielders on either side of the second base back. You know, and so there's certain things, you know, I want that hit. I want that single, you know, yeah. I, you well, know, I mean, it's, it's fun uh, when the shift fails. That's when it's fun. It's like, yeah. huh. Well, there's <laughs> got to be a commitment, right? There's got to be a yeah. commitment for a home run hitter to maybe lay down a bunt or, or try to drive the ball the, the other way. And then once that happens, then the analytics will change on that too. Right. And then now they'll say, yeah. Hey, wait a minute. In these situations, you know, he's not going to pull the ball. So it's a, it's an interesting dilemma. I want to go back to, uh, to your youth real quick, uh, just because I think it's just a great story uh, as a parent uh, that drives my kids everywhere and anywhere. And um, uh, you, I want you to tell your story about your mom uh, driving you and stopping at the baseball field. So just share that with, uh, with the fans that are listening about uh, how you pretty much were introduced to baseball because of, uh, because of mom. Yeah. So, uh, um, my mom hates driving me everywhere and yeah. <laughs> so uh, she's like, she's very like time conscious. So the thing is like, I really wanted to play softball because my school had a softball team and I got cut. And so I was like, I just don't understand. Like I'm good at softball. They kept cutting me. I don't get this. So I was like, mom, I want to play softball. She's like, okay, let's go find the softball, like it's a softball team for you to play on. Uh, I was 12 at the time. Um, the softball team was a uh, 15 minutes away and then the baseball team was 10 minutes away. And so my mom was like, oh, it's the same thing. It's we'll the just, same we'll thing. Just, we'll just it. go to baseball. And then I was like, okay, sure. I don't know. What, I, don't, like, I don't know the difference either. I was like, oh, we baseball? Like, that's fine. Like, that's fun. And then so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we like, baseball. I, yeah, I showed, I showed up to the baseball, like, my first training session. And I was like, there's no girls here. <laughs> I was like, what? But I, I went to an all girls private school. So the thing is oh. like, I, yeah. So I was just like, I was around girls like 24 seven, like every single day of like my schooling life. And then it was like, Oh, baseball boys. Wow. This is great. I was like, I don't know any boys. So, <laughs> so like definitely like the first couple of like days uh, for training wise, I would leave straight away. Like I would show up, warm up, throw a little bit. I would suck. And then I'd just go home. I would make some sort of excuse to leave mm. because I, I hated it. Cause it was like, I had no friends, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, I was bad and I was the only girl like at the club. So it was just like, you know, no one wants to talk to me. Um, oh. but the parents, <laughs> but the parents, the parents were supportive. The parents okay, were like, okay. oh, but the parents kept telling my mom, they're like, wow, we're really glad she's here. And I didn't, obviously none of us really understood at the time what I was really doing. Um, and then, yeah, like the season rolled around, ended up playing the season. Um, and then next season came and I showed up again to the club and then the parents were like, you came back. And I was like, was I not meant to come back? <laughs> and then that was just kind of like where it was, 
it was like, oh, they weren't expecting me to do this. And then I was like, well, I'm going to continue doing go. the unexpected. Yeah. And so I showed up to every single practice I ever could. I tried for every single team ever I could like find. I didn't make any teams until I was 16. I was like always a shadow player. I was always like on the training squad. But the thing is like, if I didn't make a team, I would still go to training. I would still like make an effort to show up. So that was something like for me, like when I kind of understood where it was like, I'm not good. And like, I'm not going to be getting any better until I just keep practicing. So then, yeah, I just like really made a commitment to just like showing up and just getting better. And then obviously I just kept making friends from that because it was like, I was bouncing around from programs and just as many teams as I could play on. Um, and then it'd be the same people over and over. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, Oh, okay. She actually wants to play. This is great. So yeah, I mean, yeah, ultimately the decision was like the time uh, when I started like traveling a lot, my mom was like, you got to find someone to take you. So, you know, I'd be calling my grandparents, I'd be calling like boys I train with, like near living near me. And then it was just like this whole thing. As soon as I got my license though, that was great. I was, I could do as much baseball as I wanted and I did. So yeah, it was really good. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love it. Um, what do your friends and family think about you now? I mean, this, this baseball thing is uh, kind of stuck, right? It's not just uh, you going yeah. out and, and, and uh, trying out and showing up at a, at a field that's uh, five minutes closer to your house. This is something that's stuck. And, and uh, 19 years old, which is mind-boggling, everything that you're doing, uh, being so far away from home and competing and, and now being with driveline and um, just – you know, what are your friends and family thinking about everything that's been happening so far uh, with your career and now in your life? Um, so with my friends, my friends uh, kind of like always thought that this was going to happen because I, like obviously in high school, I was just like incredibly like just, I have baseball. Sorry, I can't hang out. I have baseball. Sorry, no sleepovers. Sorry, baseball. I'm not going to your party. Yeah, it was just yeah. like, I didn't care about like, not didn't care about anyone, but it was just like my, my best friends, they understood where it was just like, she has baseball. She's not going to come with us. And it was like, but the thing is when I didn't have baseball, like I would make time for them, but like baseball was number one for me with everything. So like with my family, if it was like my grandma's birthday, if it was like my brother's, but I, I missed like four years of my brother's birthday because wow. of baseball. Like my own birthday, I, I missed six years of my own birthday because of baseball. I was always, we were always at nationals for my birthday. Um, and just like, I was just always like anything would come up. And if I had baseball on, I would just be like, sorry, I have baseball. And that was just like, I just made that commitment where it was like, I will not miss a day. And like, I still have that where it's like, if I miss a day, I have incredible anxiety because it's like, oh my gosh, like I cannot. And that's just like the pressure I put on myself. Um, but like, obviously like it's good pressure. It's what I want. You know, I just don't like making excuses for not getting something done with baseball or just like if my career ended, just like I left anything to chance, you know, so I just wanted to do as much as I can. Um, my grandparents actually don't speak English, so they don't really know what I'm doing. Um, they think I play basketball. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that is hysterical. Yeah. And oh, my God. My, my, my older cousins, they still, they still tell me, they're just like, do you think baseball is a really good career choice for you? And they're just like, I'm just like, are you serious? To this day, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? And they're like, you should really just focus on your business degree. And I'm like, I'm literally 19 working in baseball right now. Like, 
this is my dream job and I'm like I'm 19 like what <laughs> so like I, I, my coming from a family that has, does no sport and knows nothing about sport it's been super hard for me to convince them this is like a viable career choice um I think even my mum still doesn't understand like to the extent of what I'm actually doing um yeah I mean like like I said, they just all think that like, ah, oh, just finish your business degree, okay? And then you come back to Australia and you can do business. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not oh, doing yeah, that. You're, you're, a base, you're a baseball lifer. Uh, you, yeah. you, you've got the love of the game. And obviously when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Um, you've had great opportunities already. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, talk, talk a little bit about your experience with uh, speaking in front of uh, uh, MLB teams when you were invited. Um, what was that in Boston? That yeah, you went out to talk to him. Yeah, let's talk about that yeah. a little bit. Which is you're getting incredible exposure already um, at the major league level. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was yeah, that was last year. I was 18. Um, yeah, and I spoke in Crazy. front of like 18. Two, 18. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like 200, 300 people uh, in Boston. I yeah. I mean, I dragged my parents down there with me too because they they were visiting at the time. Then I was like, yeah, we're going to Boston, and they're like, why? And I'm like doing a speech <laughs> and like I didn't really know what I was I like I knew what I was speaking about I didn't know to the extent of like what this conference was it was yeah. like this was my first like intro into baseball analytics and just baseball research and I didn't know that this was a thing and so like um I was back in a, back in Australia at the time thinking of a speech to do because I hadn't actually left for college yet um you know and I was just talking around with people and it was really hard for me to think of an idea that hadn't already existed and then I was like oh, I should talk about like women's baseball. You know, I should start bringing up this conversation of like girls play baseball. We have some data behind it and like, let's get this conversation going because I know that uh, a lot of people are not and especially like people in baseball are not talking about women's baseball. And so I was like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to like show myself. Like I, I play college baseball. I'm a, I am a woman and, uh, and I support women in baseball and I would like this. I would like them to have more opportunities. So yeah, I got to speak there. That was the first time I kind of like introed my 2080 scouting scale. Uh, wasn't great. Didn't explain it too well. And I had like index cards, like reading off. It was very like 18 of me. It was very like unprepared. Like I didn't know what I was expecting. And it was just like, oh, okay. Uh, but luckily, luckily I, I did get one person to tell me they liked it. It was a scout from the Yankees. And then I ended up getting invited to the MLB commissioner's office by the uh, head of diversity for MLB. Mm. So that was like, that was an intro. That was, I like, I made it through. That was it. It was just like, I spoke at this conference. I was like a scared eight, 18 year old. Like, and you made a great connection. Talking about, yeah. Talking about women's baseball. And then everyone's like, who is this person? Like what? Like she's Australian. Like what, where did she even come from? I've never even heard of her before. And like, you know, arguably now a lot more people know who I am. So that's great. Um, especially like in the baseball industry, but yeah, ended up going to the commission's office. And then that's just like when they kind of told me and they sat me down, they said like, you've got to make all your social media public. They're like, you've got to like start a brand now. And I'm like, Oh, now they're like, yeah, like now. So then that's when I kind of just like, you know, made everything public, like Twitter, Instagram, and then just like started posting all the baseball stuff I was doing. So 
you know, I kept it just not like a secret, but it was just like, oh, who cares? Like, no, no one in Australia cared what I was doing. But it's just like here, obviously, it's a different story. So, yeah, ba- ba- yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, baseball is huge here. Um, it's really difficult still, right? And, and I mean, there's a long way to go, right? With this whole, uh, you know, girls playing baseball. Um, unfortunately, we're at a point where the girls can play baseball. And then they get to a point where they kind of get shoved into softball. And it's one of the things that kind of turn off some of the young ladies saying, well, I don't, I want to play baseball, but I don't want to end up playing softball, you know? So is, is there a role in the community, but more importantly at the major league level, is there a role that you would like to see if Louisa was in charge, what they can do to support uh, women uh, women's baseball at the the little league level going forward, you know, to, you know, whether it's a pro league or whatever case may be, what, what do you thought? Have you had a chance to kind of think about yeah. the perfect world? Where would you like to see um, women's baseball? Yeah. So like, obviously, ideally the end goal is to have like our own league, you know, our, like a league of their own. If you, if you, there you, go. you know, <laughs> But I honestly, I just think like starting at a grassroots level. So like stuff I'm doing here at Driveline, just like getting girls to play baseball and to show them like, hey, like I'm Louisa and I play college baseball. And it's just like, you can too, if you just try. <laughs> so like, that's the thing. It's just like, you just need girls to see that it is achievable and you can do it. It is it is a lot of work. It is a lot of effort. You are going to be told a lot of different things. But the thing is like, you don't have to do anything they say. So like a role like in MLB that I really want someone to have is to just start these grassroots programs and keeping girls in, you know, not shoving them to like the MLB softball, you know, get so we, there actually are programs now that are like trailblazer series for girls. So they have like replicas of all the boys programs sponsored by MLB, but they're all for girls in baseball. And that's the thing that just happened the last year. So that's super recent. Obviously now with COVID, everything's online. So a lot of the programs now are online. Um, But yeah, just like starting that and just like keep implementing that. And just like if individual teams would start like promoting like, hey, we will sponsor girls to play baseball, you know, or like not softball. Or it's like, yeah, we support girls who play baseball. And just like having like marketing events even like that sort of thing. I just think there just needs to be it. There's like more showcase and like more known, especially. And like, yeah, I mean, even my role here at Driveline, I wasn't hired to do anything related to women's baseball. But the thing is, like, I'm in a position where I can't. So like, that's what I'm trying to do as much as I can. Where it's just like getting the girls in, using them, like showing them what we have here, what they can be training for, and then like creating blog posts and research articles that driveline can share so that it's like, look, we have girls here that play baseball. This is everything we can collect and this is how you train them. And it's just like, we support girls playing, <laughs> you know, I just think a lot more teams need to do that, you know, just to like get those, like, the idea out of people's heads where it's like, you have to only play softball because you're a girl, you know, you don't, you don't have to play softball. <laughs> A question about the dimensions. Uh, I've had this conversation before in the past. Um, Do you think if, you know, ideally we get to a a professional level, 
where there's a professional uh, women's baseball team. Do you think the dimensions of the field need to be modified um, in order for the game to uh, grow within that, you know, not at, you know, whether it's 320 feet uh, for a home run or uh, running the bases or the pitch is, do you think, or is that something that's really not necessary? Uh, I think the only thing that could change is the home run fence. To be honest, I would honestly like just make that like 290 even, you know, or 300, just 300. It's like everything else. If you change it, it's not baseball. You know, like everything besides the home run fence, it's not baseball. And it kind of, for me, it just defeats the purpose. It's just like you play baseball. You're not playing modified baseball. You're not playing like modified softball. It's baseball. So if you want to play baseball, it's going to be baseball. If you want to play softball, go play softball. You know, I have, I've had this conversation with someone else where it's like, yeah, we can change the ball size. We're going to make it smaller to fit girls' hands. <laughs> the pitching mound's going to come in closer. And it's like, we're not playing little league. Yeah. Okay. It's like, these are young girls and like grown women playing baseball, not yeah. playing modified sports. <laughs> exactly. Know, and that's why, that's why I want to yeah. bring it up because people talk about, you know, stuff like that and have, you know, these different conversations. And I, I think what people uh, tend to get confused by or distracted by is the fact that softball has different dimensions. So obviously it's a different game, but then they start, you know, talking about, well, do we need a mom? Like, well, what's the difference? I mean, you, you know, you got the pitcher's mound and, you know, you have the bases and whatever case may be. And, and that was some, something I talked about also is that, you know, what you just bring in the fences a little bit. Um, but besides that, like you said, you know, once you start changing everything, you're really changing the game. And um, I mean, everyone, whether it's men or women nowadays, they're, they're in incredible shape. I mean, the, you know, the, the way I grew up and people getting in shape is different. The strength training now uh, that is a part of everything that you do in every sport, you know, you're talking about whether it's weightlifting or anything like that, the, it's just completely different. You know, the specimens are out there on the field and um, it's just one of those, those things that I figured I'd just kind of bring up because it's been in conversations with other people. And then you're clearly saying, Hey, we don't need to do anything. Maybe bring in the fences a little bit. Besides that we're playing ball. So I, I love yeah, it. Well, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, everyone points out, Oh, you're a girl. It's just like, you don't need to point out, Oh, you're a girl. And we're going to change everything because you're a girl. Yeah. And it's just like, you, yeah, no. Yeah, get <laughs> like, get away from me. Kinda, yeah. It's just like, you don't need to keep like, like not pigeonholing but just like showcasing the fact that you're different it's like you can continue to be different and it's like no stop this like normalize it it. yeah what what were your thoughts um did you hear about uh tampa bay and Derek jeter hiring um his new gm which is uh kimming she's the first uh female uh gm in baseball uh what were your thoughts about that and do you think that that's a way for the game to keep growing especially on the women's side to have uh more uh women representative in uh all of major league baseball yeah 100 percent. i've met her three times so I've, I've worked with her and then like i met her at Winston 19 meetings. years old people 19 years old she's already <laughs> in the game anyway go ahead sorry i get distracted yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like uh there's actually a video of me with her i posted on my twitter because i was like this is so funny <laughs> because like it's just like she's actually amazing like in real life and she has like her, her story is just like she was an intern, you know, and then she just yeah. stayed around the game. And like, that's all you have to do is like, you just have to like show up and just keep showing up and actually care. And just like, 
you know, have some sort of passion and like enjoy for the game and like just love what you do. And like, you can be like her, you know? And it just like, it is, does suck that like she had to wait 30 years to become a GM because she's completely like overqualified. But that's just like, she did it. So now that we can do it quick, like earlier, you know, it's just like, she has made the pathway for us. And like, obviously she's like so supportive of girls in baseball. And she's the one that started like the MLB, like trailblazing series, uh, that kind of thing, which is like the girls programs. So like, it's like, she's a hundred percent, like she's done it, you know? And it's just like, she's done it for all of us too. So I think Marlon's going to have a lot more fans than usual, but yeah. It's incredible. You know, it's a, it's amazing with Derek Jeter going down there. Obviously he started the players tribune. Um, his sister runs uh, one of his companies. Um, you know, he's been in the Yankee system. She was in the Yankee system. Uh, she started with the Chicago white Sox, like you mentioned as an intern and made her way up and then went to the Dodgers and to see, like you said, you know, 30 plus years in the game. And I guess it's not long when you love what you do, but to see her have that opportunity and more importantly, um, to, set the ground and be a trailblazer for others. And, you know, it's, it's just impressive. And um, I I can't wait to see the way the game grows because, you know, in order for the game to get better, I think we need more women in it because, you know, it feels like a lot of things that major league baseball doing is kind of banging your head against the wall with some of the things and getting some, uh, some new blood, some fresh ideas, uh, some creative ways to kind of modify the game and change the game, not modify the game, but change the game for the better. So it could continue to grow, especially when it comes down to young people. It's a, it's a, it's really necessary. Where do you see yourself? In the future, let's say whether it's five or 10 years from now, I know you're a passionate baseball player, but you know, whether you're playing whatever level you're playing baseball, but after baseball, you seem like you're a baseball lifer. This is something that you love to do and that you're committed to. You know, where do you see yourself? Big, big picture. Let me know. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I actually have, I have like a goals list on my, my, in my room and I just like had the list of like, you know, my process, I guess. So like, obviously I, I, you know, want to finish my college baseball career. Uh, yeah, I want to play, I want to play D1 baseball. And then from there, you know, like kind of like if any opportunities like come up from there, where it be like indie ball or playing back in Australia, pro ball, um, that like that kind of thing. But like, more end goal was like in my mind I was like end goals working at driveline you know and it's just crazy it's just like it's just so funny how it happened that obviously I'm working here earlier than expected but um check yeah check it off check (laughs) yeah uh and I mean end goal is like I want I want to be a coach uh in major league baseball uh I want to be like I want to be not like a fourth coach I want to be like a hitting coordinator I want to be like one of the head hitting coaches um I want to also be like a bench coach uh or I want to be a like a like a skipper I want to be like the head coach the skipper I love it I haven't heard skipper in a long time that's awesome I I, want to be skipper I yeah I mean I I don't want to be someone that's like in the shadows because like that's not who I am I I I hate I hate that I'm very vocal about like my opinions and just like the way like I am as a person so it's just like yeah I mean yeah I want to be like a hitting coordinator for a major league team um yeah however that may come but yeah I mean I I really enjoy my time here at driveline so like obviously just like working with them for as long as I can then like getting into the pro system um and like being on the field I'm like desk jobs to me are not great 
I like I have to be involved so like that's that's what I want you know I, I want to be like I want to be in baseball I want to be like a coach um I mean after that you know when I'm old I guess then we'll see about like becoming a GM but yeah I love I mean, it for now the, or owner yeah. why not why not owner oh, oh, no, oh no yeah I like Five owner years. better yeah <laughs> let's five go with year that plan yeah five-year plan obviously get into pro bowl so that's it so if you become a skipper i love it um are you gonna get thrown out you have to get thrown out we're having this conversation right uh-huh. if you're a skipper can you get to. thrown out at least once and then yeah. like a little tip of the hat or something like that we'll know like there she goes she got thrown yep, out this, it, ch- check it off the list it's something that she had on the list head coach exactly. and get thrown out of a game What's left yeah. for you at uh, Driveline? What's your timeline before hopefully you get back to um, LA to rejoin your team? What's the tentative timeline? Because obviously there's so much happening right now in the world and you know, with our states, uh, we were kind of reclosing because of COVID and everything that's been happening. But if everything went down perfectly, what's your timeline um, going through and getting up to your uh, upcoming baseball season? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, timeline here is, like, I'm here until whenever the season starts, which is apparently March. So, okay. yeah, I guess, like, again, just hitting every single day. Uh, I do infield every single morning. Um, I work out four days a week. I do running four days a week. And, yeah, obviously continue my girls program because that would be great. <laughs> Keep coaching all the little girls. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We, I can't thank you enough for joining us today and uh, sharing your story and sharing your passion for the love of the game. Um, it's inspirational. Uh, even at such a young age, uh, I see great things for you. And more importantly, it, the fact that you're going to help uh, our youth and show them the possibilities and encourage um, it's just great to see in our youth and uh, just shows that uh, our future is in great hands. So I appreciate your time, Louisa. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> All right. You take care of yourself. Okay.